0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Cut Upanishad, a podcast that conveys and explains the meaning behind one of the 10 principal Upanishads. This podcast is compiled from a series of talks that Satguru Shri Madhusudan Sai gave in 2020 and can also be viewed in video form on saiprakashana.org. A link will be in the show notes. So without any further introduction, please enjoy this episode of Cut Upanishad. Mandukya karika. Gaudapada is a beautiful verse. It says, Atmasatyanu Bodhena, na Sankalpa Yateyada Amanastam Tadayati Grahya Bhave Tadagraham. That is the shloka. What it means is Atmasatyanu Bodhena, when you have realized the truth of the self, then what happens? Na Sankalpayate. At that point in time you stop making decisions for yourself. You stop thinking for yourself so it means what happens then who is thinking everything is being taught by that brahman only as individual whoever you are identified with body mind and your buddhi is doesn't exist anymore na sankalpayate then what is? amanastam amanastam means that which become no mind mind to no mind no mind means there is no thoughts what is this cloth it's a collection of threads threads are collection of fibers now get rid of all the fibers where is the cloth like that, mind is a collection of all saṅkalpa, vikalpa. All those you have given up, surrendered. Where, does, where is the mind? Doesn't exist anymore. Now what exists? The Supreme Brahman Consciousness alone exists. And that amanastāṁ tadāyāti becomes like that. What? Amanā. No mind. And then grahya abhāve tat Because then there is nothing to grasp, there is no desire for anything, there is nothing to… F- mind alone is the reason why we want this and we want that. But there is nothing, Indriyas exist, but mind does not exist. So Indriyas don't have any control over you. They can't tempt you anymore. And your Buddhi is merged in the Shanta ātmani, so all consciousness only operates through you. It uses your Buddhi, it uses your Indriyas. Your individual mind is no more an obstacle in the supreme conscious, cosmic mind. That alone operates now. So this is the methodology. So a mind which becomes no mind alone becomes that when one realises Brahman. Before that it doesn't become that. So what are these intuitions and discoveries and amazings? These are the times when your mind became no mind. You say so difficult that mind becomes no mind. No, every day your mind becomes no mind. First in deep sleep your mind becomes no mind. You don't remember you are a man or a woman when you slept. In deep sleep, when you wake up, only you realize you are so and so. Otherwise, your mind has become no mind, so it is natural for your mind to disappear in deep sleep. Other method of is when, when somebody asks a question, you have no answer about. Mind becomes no mind. I don't know. It's full blank it is. Like that, mind does become no mind. But when it becomes unconsciously, when it becomes jardia nidra, means because of your inertia and sleep, that is not sadhana. That is not spirituality. When, while you are fully awake and your mind is no mind, that is what adhyatmasthiti is. That is the purpose of this sloka: that you take your mind and merge into buddhi, take the buddhi and merge into the higher buddhi, and after that you don't exist at all. You don't exist; only consciousness exists. It operates through you. Become an instrument, like a doll in the puppet in the hands of Brahman. Suppose the puppet has his own mind. Can the puppeteer play? It will do as it wants. That's how, you are just a puppet, that's why you say, tai, 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 bhamma, you are only a dancing puppet. The one who is making you dance is the Brahman. But now what happened, unfortunately these puppets are not like those puppets. These puppets are also having a little mind that is there in them. And that comes in the way of the cosmic dance of Brahman, it obstructs, it, 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 it interferes. Remember all the time when you have suffered, when you have failed, when you have been dejected, disappointed, were the times when your petty mind came in the way of the cosmic mind. and Like a huge pipe can be blocked by a small stone and water can stop. You know, know, bathroom taps, some dust, rust got inside the whole water, tank is full, no water is coming in the tap. Sun is there, a small cloud comes in front of the sun, everything becomes dark. Like that, your small individual mind is so powerful. Why? Because it can go and hide the whole cosmic mind, and interfere with the cosmic mind. That's why it says, remain surrendered. What is your mind after all? What are you are taking so much ego about? About your education, your position, your authority. Don't be so arrogant about it. You are nothing compared to the divine intelligence. So surrender yourself to that great divine intelligence and let that divine intelligence operate through you. Vivekananda would say, if ever anything good has happened by me, it's because of the grace of my Guru. And anything that has gone wrong, it is only because of my own faults. Look at his humility. Because he has understood what is what. And those who are foolishly not understanding, they only become arrogant and they suffer, and in the process, make others suffer. That should not be the way, is the idea of this shloka. It's a very, very important shloka of meditation. And also, more importantly, it is very practical on a day-to-day basis. From Vyashti move to Samashti. Vyashti is this Jīva, Jñāna Samashti is the Hiranyagarbha, Mahati ātmani. And from that to Parameshti, which is shanta ātmani. And if you operate as Parameshti, everything will be blissful. If not there, at least operate at Samashti, still the world will be better. But please don't operate as Vyashti. That's where all the Mahati Vinashti, Invyashti, all dangers, all destructions, all ruin is because of individual egos and individual Buddhis. So you are in the senses, that is called the gross body and Indriya, indra Arthebya. Subtle body is the idea of your Buddhi, Manas. And then causal body is the idea of the Mahati Atmani, the Jeevatma Self. And then further you go and expand yourself into the universal consciousness which is the Paramatma. This is one way of remembering. Another way of remembering is, the Virata, same thing when you expand it to Brahmanda, because whatever is in the microcosm, that is only the macrocosm, they say. So how is this principle applied there? Virata is like the, the gross form of the Parabrahman, Hiranyagarbha is the Buddhi form of the Parabrahman, Ishwara is the Mahati form of the Parabrahman, and Brahman itself is the Atmani. One more way of looking at the same thing is, Vastha is your gross level, body, senses, the avastha is where the mind alone is operating. Suṣupti so, is only the Buddhi, Jīvātma Buddhi is operating. And beyond that is the Turiya which is the shantatmani or the highest of the consciousness operating. You can think like that. So, this is the way you can imagine how cosmic the Brahmānda is also into the in the Pindanda. Whether you take it as the three avasthas or you take it as the three kind of bodies or you take it as three parts of the creation. That is Virata, Hiranyagarbha and Ishwara. So you can see that there is a cosmic, when Hiranyagarbha was created, Virata was created, Ishwara was created, there was a blueprint for the entire universe in that. Like a seed contains the entire information of the tree, like that the very first act of cosmic creation from Brahman to Ishvara, to Hiranyagarbha, to Virata, is the similar thing as coming from Parmātmā, to Jīvātmā, to Manabuddhi, to Indriyā and Indriyārthebhya. Also, in the same way, you can think it is same as Turiya and Suśupti and Swapna and Jagrata. Means in all times, this blueprint of four is operating. Three plus one is always operating, whether you are in sleeping state, waking state, dreaming state, whether you are doing decision making, whether you are just merging as the Paramatman, in all times and places, this principle of three plus one is applicable. Next one is a very powerful proclamation. Swami Vivekananda used this shloka any number of times and inspired tremendous youth the, into this path of spirituality. The shloka is Uttishthata Jagrata Prapya Varan Nibodhata Shurasya Dhara Nishita Duratya Durgam Pathastat Kavayo Vadanti. Yes, the whole essence of hot Swami Vivekananda said was Uttishthata Jagrata. First he said, Get up, arise. And then Jagrata, awake. You will think this is something wrong because generally first we have to be awake, then we will arise from the bed. First you have to come awake, isn't it? Then only you will get out of the bed. Why is he telling the other way around? Because he knows very well, even if we are awake, we don't get out of the bed. We keep rolling in the bed, next five, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes. So he said, first you get out of the bed, then you become fully awake. Even half awake is okay, get out of the bed. Get out of this lethargy is what Vivekananda is saying. Or what am I saying? Uttishthata. No more can you afford to sit coolly on this stuff. Now having learned this Vedanta and this truth and the way to meditate upon it and merge yourself into the Brahman, you can't afford to waste even a single minute sitting here and doing nothing. Get up immediately. When should we do? I will do it tomorrow. Like one person who lent money to somebody and that person said, when are you returning my money? I will return it tomorrow. So this fellow comes back the next day and says, Uh, You said that you will return the money to me, where is my money? He said, I told you I will return it tomorrow, so come tomorrow. And then tomorrow never comes, that's what they say. Because it always keeps postponing. So don't postpone this, postponement is a great curse in spiritual path. Postponement is tamas. Then and there is the path of spirituality, that's why uttishthata, get up, don't sit anymore, don't waste any more time. Jagrata, come awake. Be aware of these scriptures. Be aware of these truths. Don't ignore them. Don't take them lightly anymore. That now you have learnt all these, don't be casual about it. That is jagrata. Be fully awake and aware of the truths that are being told, and how to do it, how not to do it. And prapya varan nibodhata. Prapya varan. Varan means the adorable one. Prapya means having attained that whom varan, the adorable teacher, ascharya vatta. Having found that Ascharya vakta understand this truth completely. Don't go with half understanding, misunderstanding. Understand this truth completely, it is what Yama is saying. Uttishtata, first of all, don't be physically lazy, get up. Take to this path of spirituality. If you have to wake up early, wake up. You have to eat less, eat less. If you have to cut down all your interactions, cut it down. If you have to withdraw from all other activities, withdraw. But don't you remain inert or don't you be filled with inertia anymore. It's over. That time is over. You did not know about this truth. You laced around, you wasted a lot of time. Now no more Uttishthata, Jagrata, become aware of this truth. How? By reading about it, swadhyaya, Manana, shravana, Nididhyasana, be aware, Jagrata. And Prapivarani Bodhata, attain the defeat of the Guru. Because by alone, as I said yesterday, Deva Prasadar and Tapaprabhavat. Tapa prabhavat is okay, you do out of tapas, that is the uttishtata jagrata. But deva prasadat also has to happen. That is what is prapyavaran, reach the feet of a guru who can teach you this truth. Don't hesitate. This truth cannot be attained alone. It has to be. You can say, my atma is my guru, that is also fine. But don't sit down on it saying that, I'll find a Guru when it's possible, right now I have no time, I have to go to office, do this, do that, I have nothing else. That is not the attitude anymore. That cannot be the attitude anymore. Nibodhata, understand it thoroughly, bodha. See, I told, bodha is different from Jnana. He didn't say varana Jnana. Bodhata means you have experienced it, bodha means an experience, Jnana means, Knowledge. Bodha is the wisdom. When knowledge gets digested and becomes a part and parcel of you, it becomes your living experiential reality, that is called Bodha. And only a true Guru can give Bodha. Most of the Gurus can give Jnana. In fact, anybody tells us too much, we say, Don't give me Jnana. Not that. This is Bodha. Bodha is one level subtler than Jnana. And how does this Bodha happens? teaches, Guru teaches through your life situations. He won't teach you in a classroom. He will teach you in your day-to-day life when you are going through whatever ups and downs of life, through them He teaches you. Theory happened in the classroom. Where is the practical? Where is the laboratory of Vedanta? Your own life is the laboratory. That's where the practicals will happen. So that is what you have to understand. If you don't understand that, then you have not got the Bodha, you have got only the Jnana. But then you all know. Na labbya, na So, what is the use of Jnana? Bodha has to happen. And Bodha is possible only from a true master. He alone will create situations in your life in such a way that all these Vedanta will have no choice but to apply this Vedanta. And after applying it, you will come to know that this is true. Till then you will not. He will throw you into the water. After teaching you some few techniques, he will throw you into the water. Until now, swim. He will create situations in your life. That is a true Guru. Other Gurus only transferring knowledge from here to there. But this Guru transforms. He pushes you into situations without your will also. To see to that, you will learn what is being told. Otherwise, bodha will never happen to you. You will simply assume that you know. And then, swayam dhira, panditam manyamana. That is what will happen to you. And because it is going to be tough, because so far you have been lazing around. Somebody has not studied, never worked hard, give him a little work. Uh, It's a big burden. Too much work this is, because he never worked. Somebody who has never exercised, ask them to do ten push-ups. In five he'll collapse. But somebody who has been doing push-ups, fifty also he can do. For him, that's not a burden. So these people who have never put any effort, always been sleeping happily in the inertia, I am the body, I am the mind, I am the senses. This alone exists, that does not exist. These yolo people, they cannot they cannot do this. So when they get onto this path, what is this told? pathas Tat vadanti. The Rishis have told Kavaya means Kavis or Rishis. Because Rishis were poets who have written all this poetry called Vedanta Vedas. So they are called Kavi. Also intelligent one is called Kavi. So those intelligent ones have told this path is very difficult, durgam patha, very difficult to travel on this, and duratya oh, extremely, extremely difficult. Why? Because dhāra dharanishita. It's like the sharpened edge of the razor, not a blunt edge of the razor, sharpened edge of the razor. It means if you are not careful, you'll cut yourself. So he's saying, enter the path of Vedanta because that is the ultimate. Without that, you cannot become the happiest person. You have to get this, otherwise you will be swinging between happy and sorrow. But to get onto this path, it is as difficult as walking on the razor's edge. Now you would think, why at the end of this whole Katopanishad classes, classes, Yama is being so, you know, is almost through cold water on all our enthusiasm. Too difficult this path is, not for everyone and things like that. So is it for me or not? Am I going to cut myself or I will cross over? All these questions may arise in you. The idea is to make sure that you understand this path correctly. Understanding this path means what? Without having done enough Mananam, without having done enough didyasanam, you think you want to attain it, it's not going to happen. That is why your efforts should be so, so, so focused and pointed. You have seen rope walkers, people who walk on a rope. Suppose that for a moment also that ladies or the boys gets distracted. For a moment also he sees who people are watching me or not, they're clapping or not, or thinks about some problem or thinks about what money he's going to earn, balance will go. And what will happen to that person, he'll come straight falling down. So walking on a rope itself is, needs so much of your focus. And And no scope for any laziness, no scope for casual thinking, no scope for any loose way of doing things. It needs that complete focus and attention. To walk on a rope itself, it takes that much. Now think walking on a blade. It means you will not cut yourself as long as you walk correctly. That is the idea. That your focus on this idea of realization should be so, so, so thorough. There is no second thoughts that whether I want it, I don't want it. Maybe I don't want it. Maybe I want it. Nothing like that. You have to have this focus that I only want this. This is then achievable. Otherwise, it is not achievable. In fact, what will happen? Halfway through, you will get confused. Now, as I said, You got into confusion whether I want world, I want God. And neither, neither you got world nor you got God. That is what will happen to you at the end. So be clear, rest will follow. What is clarity? I want God only. World will come, don't, does not come, it is none of my concern. God only is my path. Any point of time, if you are corner of the eye, you look at the world, that's it, you will cut yourself. A oh, lot of these yogis, people, they have fallen from their brashta yogis because of this reason. They started off with the great enthusiasm. That we shall have this and nothing else. But they were not ready yet. They had not done this Adhyatma Yoga of slowly, slowly withdrawing. Shanahi, Shanahi, Uparamet. They did not do this. They just jumped in. One fine day you heard Katovanisha, tomorrow onwards I have to be yogi and day after I should be Gyani. It doesn't work like that. It is a life's effort to gradually, slowly, correctly withdraw. Doing it wrong won't work. Suppose you are cooking some food. Just because you are in a hurry, the food won't get cooked faster in fact if you in a hurry you put one ingredient after the other without waiting for the right time the whole dish will get spoiled that is what is saying that it is like the razor's edge because you can do mistakes here and you can hurt yourself like putting hormones in genetically modified foods for the sake of extra production or pumping hormones into cows to get extra milk now they are trying to see how can we reduce the development of a human fetus from nine months to maybe nine weeks or something like that. Do you think it's going to happen? Something else will come out, not a human. But all kinds of things people are trying out. Why? Because there is no patience. prayo marga, instant, everything instant gratification, want more and more, everything curves back to related, related to money and the success in society. So this kind of thinking is like walking on a razor's edge. Some people have picked this idea that catch hold of the king, you will get the kingdom. So now why are they catching hold of the king? Because they want the kingdom. You think the king will give his hands into the hands of such people? They are praying, I want God, why? Because they basically want world and without putting effort how to get this world, catch hold of God. God you think is a fool, He knows much more than you. But people's idea is what, get God so that you can get the world. That is not the idea. The world was never your criteria. World was never on your mind. You only wanted God and whatever comes out of it is fine, good, bad, whatever people think is fine. I just want God. Those who think like that, they alone should walk on this path. Anybody else who thinks any other way, for them it is as good as a razor's edge. I am warning you, says Yama. If you have this much doubt also that maybe you want the world also then better not enter Vedānta, is what Yama is telling. You will be confused, neither you will get the world nor God. You will be some confused, heartbroken, deranged, mentally disabled, dis- sannyasi in some part of the world. You will not get this, not get that. So be very clear, he says. So all those fellows who thought till now, yes we will get this and also we will get that, know for sure that you are not going to get both. You will get only one. If you pick God, pick God, that's it, that is the only, God is the only choice. Not God is one of the many choices. Somebody said, make God your priority, no priority, priority means in the list there are many things and you have prioritised God over everything else. That is not the word to be used, God alone is my choice, everything is, is not even in my scope of thinking. Whatever happens after that is God's wish, how does it matter to me? Whatever comes out of it is His wish. Draupadi's last choice was Krishna. First choice was Dharmaraja, second choice was Kuru dynasty people, third choice was herself, trying to protect herself. When nothing worked, then only āpada, Bandava Krishna. But her ego did not allow her to ask for Krishna's help right in the beginning. That is what the problem with all of us. We want God and also all the world and when nothing comes to our hand, then God. Have God, that is all that matters at the end, all this world will become one big zero at the end. And then that is when you will realise, that's why this is deaf because the attachments to our ideas of life, body consciousness, mind consciousness, desires is so difficult to get rid of. That is Durgaṁpatha. Vedānta is not the Durgaṁpatha, Durgaṁpatha is the problem with your mind which is so attached that it cannot go. So it will swing this way, that way. How can you rope walk if your mind is distracted? That's why, all this was told in the beginning only that, see, these are the conditions. If you are agreeable to these conditions, then you enter. Anywhere you go, now terms and conditions apply. These are the terms and conditions. What? You ask only for me, nothing else, to, because you want me, na discharito, na shanto, na na all this you do. And then what? Slowly, slowly walk on this path. How? slowly, slowly you walk on this path. If you hurry on this path, you will cut yourself. Slowly. With age, habits come. And with age, habits go also. In rainy seasons, clouds come. In summer season, they disappear. So, with age, then what should you do? Curb. Curb how? Reduce the, I eat sweet every day. No. Now I will eat sweet once in a week. Slowly I will eat sweet now fifteen days once. Now one month once. Now what? Two months once. Like that slowly, slowly. Shane, shane. That is why he saying, indriyārtha, indriyā, indriyā to mind, mind to buddhi, buddhi to mahati ātmani, mahati ātmani to Shantatmani. It will take time. If you rush, you will cut your hand. If you don't rush, go slowly, carefully, without getting distracted. You definitely reach. That is the idea of Durgam Patastat vadante. But idea is that this is the most important shlokas. The catopnishas, the crux is these last three four shlokas. How to do this Adhyatma Yoga and how to merge in that ultimate realization of supreme consciousness, which is Brahman. And you hurry in this path. You try to think You are over smart. You will be done because this path is so, so, so very precarious. That concludes another episode of Cut Open Shut. As always, we hope you enjoyed and found some meaning in it. For more podcasts, videos and other content of this kind, please visit saiprakashna.org Until next time, thanks for listening and all the very best.